Welcome to the Biz Times MKE podcast and our weekly debrief. I'm Arthur Thomas, and I'm joined on this week's episode by Biz Times editor Andrew Wyland. Andrew, how are you doing? Good, pretty good. Been busy, but good. Busy, but good. That's good. And also joining us, Biz Times associate editor for one more day, Lauren <laughs> Anderson. How are you doing? Doing well. I'm tying up some loose ends and finishing some things here on my last day at four o'clock on a Friday. So, <laughs> Of course. <laughs> it is definitely sad news. Lauren is going to be leaving us. Uh, we'll dive into her time here at Biz Times at the end of the podcast a little bit, but we certainly wish her well in her next steps. She's moving to Texas. Uh, she'll still write for us kind of on a freelance basis, so you won't uh, see her byline completely disappear. Uh, just may not see it quite as often. So best of luck to you, Lauren, and uh, let's dive into it. Lauren, what's your insider spotlight story this week? Yeah, so Ashley Smart, our startups reporter, had a story this week about Fetch Rewards, which is a startup based in Madison. Um, they recently closed on a funding round worth $240 million um, and, and announced that their valuation has now also increased to over $2.5 billion, which is a pretty staggering, staggering figure for a Wisconsin-based startup. Um, basically what they do is they have, um, users upload pictures of their receipts from grocery shopping. Um, and in return, they can get points to be used at other retailers. Um, and they have some pretty big, uh, partnerships with large retailers in the country. Um, and Ashley's story has some interesting details, um, in there about just their, their hiring locally, their, their employment based here locally. Uh, they, they hire employees nationally. So while they're Madison based, they're, um, the, the presence here isn't quite as strong um, as as the state might like. I don't know. Uh, but some interesting details uh, in the story. And you just don't have, I mean, they just crossed over into the billion dollar valuation. I think it was sometime last year. Mm-hmm. So to have gone over 2.5 billion now this year, a little more than a year later is uh, pretty impressive. So Andrew, what is your insider story spotlight? Uh, we had an interesting story today. Um, MSOE uh, broke ground to build a softball stadium uh, on their downtown campus. It, the word stadium is a bit of a stretch. It's I think the seating is going to be about 250. Um, but it's going to be a nice, brand-new softball facility. Um, over at – currently it's considered, I guess, the MSOE athletic field site. It's northeast of Milwaukee and State Streets. So it's going to be a nice facility uh, as they continue to make investments um, in their athletic facilities. And they made it a point in their announcement today to talk about how important it is for them to invest in a facility for women's athletics. Softball is a, is a women's collegiate sport. And it's just nice to see more investment by MSOE in their downtown campus. I mean, in recent years, they've done, Lauren, you would know better than me, but they've done a number of, of improvements and I think they've got other things going on right now. Last time I drove through there, I, I saw more activity. So they continue to improve that campus and invest in it. Yeah, that's uh, certainly a good sign, just you know, continued investment in that downtown area. So uh, my insider story spotlight this week is on one I wrote on the um, merger uh, acquisition, um, Zern Water Solutions, which previously was known as Rexnord, is buying, acquiring um, LK Manufacturing, which is based uh, in Downers Grove, Illinois. They make um, 
the water bottle water bottle fillers that you'll find like in a workout gym or a school or things like that. Uh, the interesting thing was we got um, some SEC filings this week that detailed kind of the whole background of the negotiations and how long the two sides were talking and all of that, which it actually stretched back to April of 2021 that they started talking. The deal wasn't announced and clo- or, um, agreed to until February of this year. So it was a nine months of uh, nine, 10 months of talking. And for a good chunk of that time, uh, Zern or Rexnord, as it was previously known, was working on a separate major transaction um, that involved spinning off kind of the Rexnord portion of the business and merging it with Regal Beloit. So Todd Adams, the CEO, was certainly keeping busy and working on two fairly substantial transactions. One had already been announced, but had a lot of kind of moving pieces to get through. And then the LK deal was kind of coming together. The other interesting piece was LK is a family owned company that um, the ownership was looking at doing an IPO and really wanted to focus on, you know, maintaining their company legacy, their company culture, didn't feel a strategic buyer was going to be able to do that for them until they found the Zern opportunity. And they felt the two companies kind of fit together nicely. So Interesting uh, background to that story. So uh, we'll switch gears then to our big story of the week. Lauren, on her last day, keeping busy, was covering on Thursday a press conference um, held by uh, city and county leaders and business community. So Milwaukee, let me make sure I get this right, Lauren. We have the lowest per capita unsheltered homelessness population um, in the, uh, the the country. Is that right? In the country. Yep. Mm -hmm. So that's a pretty significant designation. Uh, How did we get here? Yeah, it is. um, It's big news for the city. It's a it's a positive uh, news story in a city that um, has plenty of problems that are high profile and and well known nationally. Uh, But this is some some good news. So, um, yes, uh, there this is an official designation that um, HUD gave the city um, based on the number of unsheltered um, individuals that the city had based on, I believe, a 2021 census. Um, So for some context here, um, back in 2016, when uh, it was around 2015 that there were started to be concerted efforts made to address the city's homelessness challenges, then in 2016, um, there were 207 individuals who were unsheltered in the city. Um, and as of uh, 2021, there were 17. So uh, pretty, pretty uh, steep reduction there. Um, and the overall homeless population uh in Milwaukee in 2016 was around 1500 and that's um, down last year to about 800. So it's about half of what it was in 2016. Um, So this is kind of a story of just county and city officials in partnership with nonprofit partners and uh, the business community working steadily at an issue um, and seeing results over the years. Um, and uh, and it's kind of culminated in this uh, this designation. So uh, it's it's yeah, it's it's been a um, ongoing effort and uh, kind of can trace it back to around 2014 when the downtown business um, improvement district saw an increase in homelessness. 
Um, and obviously when there's homelessness in the downtown, that's pretty visible. And uh, they decided to convene uh, public officials as well as business uh, leaders and, and nonprofit leaders and um, just try to get their heads around how, what can we do about this issue? And, um, and this is, this is the result. Yeah. There's a line in your story that going back to that 2014 time period where they kind of got everyone in a room and dug down to, okay, what are some of the root causes and then put money behind it and worked at it and worked at it and worked at it. And it's not like it was an overnight success. I mean, I think a lot of people will recall was that 2019 when there was a pretty visible um, homeless encampment of sorts underneath the Marquette interchange. Um, but they kept, you know, kept working at it and working at it. And now you get to this point where um, you have that low number. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of <laughs> probably a recipe for some other challenges facing the city of get everyone in a room, figure out the issues and then work, keep working at it. It doesn't solve overnight, but you know, that's the way forward in a lot of ways. Yeah. yeah that's really, I, I, I'd love to see more, issues confronted in, in, in a, in a matter like that public private partnership. Um, and frankly, what we really need in Milwaukee is to see better cooperation between state government and local government. And then when appropriate, bringing nonprofit and, and for-profit businesses involved to facing a particular challenge. But yeah, when we work together, we're much more capable of solving problems and it's exciting to hear. considering this is a problem other large cities in the nation have had big problems with homelessness uh, recently. Um, it's very exciting to think Milwaukee has made progress on a very important issue like this. Yeah. And what's interesting is, you know, in 2015, the county decided to adopt what's called a housing first approach. Basically, that's we're going to prioritize getting people in safe housing before, um, uh, you know, channeling them into to, to maybe some services they may need, whether that's uh, substance abuse treatment or mental health uh, services or employment or whatever the thing may be. Housing is the first priority, hence housing first. And that was based off of national, the, the success that other cities had seen with the housing first model nationally. And so Milwaukee adopted this approach and has stuck with it for the past seven years and, um, and now is sort of leading the country in some regard with uh, with this approach. And so, um, you know, this, the, the city could become a model, um, for other cities, like you said, that, that also experience this issue. And you were saying there was some discussion at the event, at the press conference, kind of praising the level of business community involvement in uh, a topic that, you know, maybe the business community would often maybe shy away from, but Mm -hmm. here you've got, you know, business leaders directly involved in the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And Beth at uh, the downtown bid, her involvement in this has been, uh, she's been involved with it from the very start back from 2014, like I mentioned. And um, I think uh, the the housing administrator for Milwaukee County at the press conference yesterday said, um, you've pretty much got uh, <laughs> almost an expert on, uh, you know, the issue of homelessness and how to address it in a downtown bid CEO uh, in Beth. And so, and that's, that's pretty rare. You don't see that at other places of the country. So that seems to be uh, at least based on, based on what the leaders were saying yesterday seems to be a key part of the, the success here. 
We had covered this topic in our 2019 uh, Giving Guide. You wrote a bunch about it in that, Lauren. And at our nonprofit Excellence Awards event, we uh, had a whole panel discussion around that. Um, people can check that out. It's actually one of our podcasts, I think episode eight, if you want to go that far back and listen to it. You moderated that, Lauren. Is there anything that stands out from that coverage and that panel that um, you kind of saw maybe come to fruition, you know, as they've moved towards this designation? Well, it's it's interesting because I look back at that conversation and there were actually the the county was seeing quite a bit of progress by 2019 toward this goal of ending chronic homelessness. Um, the, the issue was kind of the optics of it because that encampment was so visible and in such a high profile uh, location for, well, commuters and people working in the downtown that I think um, sort of the, 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 the progress, it, it was not visible <laughs> that mm-hmm. the county was making progress toward this, but they were, they were chipping away at it. Uh, but the, the data show that it was actually still on the de- decline in 2019, maybe a slight, slight bump, but um, in terms of unsheltered individuals in the city. So, um, you know, I, I think maybe maybe the lesson here is just keeping your head down at an issue. Um, I know I'm sure the county got a lot of um, and the city probably got a lot of complaints and a lot of people, you know, suddenly paying attention to the homelessness issue. But they were already several years into this, um, this and and then just kept plugging away at it. And, and now we're seeing sort of the the end result of it. Or I shouldn't say end result, because I imagine this is an issue that you need to continually work at and you can't take your your foot off the pedal on it. Um, and uh, and now really the the city and county are, are turning their attention to prevention with um, supporting uh, people who might be at risk of eviction uh, with financial support and um, some some other efforts to uh, address what is a major challenge still and that's housing affordability and a lack of um, a lack of affordable options for for a lot of people making you know 15 hours uh, 15 dollars an hour or less in the city well, uh, lo- looking back on a little bit of your coverage, Lauren, as we mentioned, we'll shift gears here. Um, that was something you did in 2019, that, that coverage and that panel. want to maybe just take a few moments. You've been at Biz Times for basically five years covering uh, a variety of things, uh, probably most prominently education and um, the nonprofit sector, uh, also healthcare and uh, startups for time and, and a variety of other things. Uh, we've kept you busy. Um, curious, you know, you've written a number of different stories. You won a, a, a Best Body of Work Award from the um, our National Association. Any stories that particularly stand out for you, um, either ones that um, were fun to do or fun ones that were particularly impactful? Let's take that first one first. What, what was the most fun story you got to do in the last five years? Well, I may have a little recency bias here, uh, which is only natural because I tend to forget things that I've done past two years ago. But um, I would say that the Bradley Symphony Center cover story that we did in, I think that was spring of last year, was a lot of fun. Um, it I had never been inside of the theater before. Um, I um, I grew up in the suburbs, so I wasn't really aware of that gem in the, in the middle of downtown. And so getting to go 
um, inside of it being really being one of the first people to, um, you know, from the public to see the finished space and get to tour it and hear all about the architectural feat that was completing that project. Um, and there were way more details that I got through my interviews and, and taking that tour than I was even able to include in the piece. But um, there's something about architecture that uh, I think is is just really fun and um, getting to capture that in some small way with my words. Uh, I know the photos did a lot to help that story, but, you know, getting to kind of talk about the feel of a place and 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 what it kind of inspires when you step inside of it. Um, that was, that was a lot of fun to write about. And, um, and, you know, to, I, I was actually just walking past it yesterday on my way to the press conference, um, uh, with the, with the leaders talking about, uh, the homelessness achievement. And, um, I kind of nodded and was like, oh yeah, <laughs> that was a cool story. I'm glad I did that one. Um, so yeah, definitely. Uh, how about maybe significant stories? Um, ones, I mean, you've uh, you've written about research on cancer. You've written about uh, we should have a whole month worth of coverage on education. Um, then a lot of re- writing on mental health. <laughs> we we've given you some tough, gnarly topics to to dive into. Um, what what stands out from that work? Yeah, there are a lot, and uh, my answer might change if you ask this. You know before or after, I, I don't know, I, I might have a different answer. But one that stands out is we had um, the cover that was just uh, called Representation Matters. Um, I think that was back in uh, fall of 2019. And that was looking at the MMAC's Region of Choice Initiative. Um, we kind of had heard, um, you know, rumblings that the MMAC was going to be doing taking on the issue of uh, the lack of diversity in um, in the corporate sphere, and in particular, the wealth gap between uh, Black and white and, and white Hispanic uh, residents in Milwaukee. We had heard that they were going to take that on as a priority, and um, then we were in conversation with them and and found out that that was going to be the big announcement that they are making at their 2019 annual meeting. And so we got to work with MMAC to, and um, some other leaders to, you know, cover that issue. And, and um, the timing worked out well and that we were able to kind of release that right around the time of the annual meeting. And um, so that was great, but in terms of just importance, um, I mean, it's, it's just gotta be among the most important issues that I've written about. Um, and I, and I think I addressed it with a certain level of skepticism because, um, if you've, if you are a reporter covering nonprofits and government at all, you know, that there's a new initiative in the city just about every week. And a lot of people pledge to do a lot of things. And, um, so I think I was a little bit skeptical writing this, like, it sounds like you, they've got some good goals, but we'll see if it actually comes to anything. So I've been really glad ever since then that uh, MMAC has been pretty public about the progress that they're making. And we got a pretty um, detailed update in, uh, I think, last late last year on the progress that they're making toward the goals of increasing representation of Black and um, Hispanic uh, workers and, and managers in the region. So... Uh, yeah, that's definitely a story to continue covering, and I and and I know Biz Times will. Um, but just getting to, you know, know the vi- vision of of that initiative and 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 tackle it um, in a cover story was really great. Definitely, yeah, Lauren, yeah. Lauren has done such a, a wonderful job of tackling, as you mentioned, Arthur, 
taking on some really, really serious topics. Um, and again, as you've also mentioned, she's won numerous awards um, locally and nationally for the work she's done here. So she has done a tremendous job and uh, we are really going to miss her. We're really grateful. I'm extremely grateful for everything she's done for our organization. She's just done fine work and is really a, an extremely dedicated and hard worker. And so we're really going to miss her around here. She she is going to be freelancing. We hope to take advantage of that. that was, as Arthur mentioned, we'll, you'll still see her byline, but um, we're going to miss her as a, as a full-time team member. Um, we do have a upcoming, our next, our upcoming uh, cover story is another story by Lauren, another fantastic mm-hmm. one um, about looking at Waukesha, specifically the, the, so the downtown Waukesha business community um, several months now after the Christmas parade massacre and how the downtown business community has helped the community at large pull together um, and, and move past that painful event. Um, it's a, it's a really delicate, but well done uh, piece by Lauren. So look, look, uh, look for that. Absolutely. And that was a story I think Lauren, you and I, you know, had talked about back and forth on the, you know, how do we structure this? How do you tackle it? How do you do, how do you approach this from a writing perspective, from a reporting perspective? And, you know, we've worked together since, was it 2014, 2015? Um, back to when we were both at the Waukesha Freeman. And so we've had a lot of time of, of discussing stories together and um, brainstorming and editing each other and um, making each other's work better. Probably more you making my work better than <laughs> their direction. Um, but uh, so I'm going to miss it. Glad it's not completely ending. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been a lot of fun. It has. I'm bad at goodbyes. So I just you know, as the cliche goes, say prefer to say, see you later. And, uh, I, I love Milwaukee too much to stay away for, for too long. So I'll, I'll be back. (laughs) Alrighty. Sounds good. Well, we'll leave it there. We'll be back next week with another episode of the biz times MKE podcast and our weekly debrief. This is Dan Meyer with biz times media. You've been listening to the biz times MKE podcast For more business news and insights, be sure to go to biztimes.com and subscribe to any of our daily e-newsletters and our magazine, BizTimes Milwaukee.